Well, hello and welcome to another episode of uh, GUcast. Uh, this is uh, Declan Murphy, urologist at Peter McCallum uh, Cancer Centre here in Melbourne. And thank you again for joining us for uh, another episode of our podcast, uh, focusing on all things uh, GU oncology. And I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Dr. Renu Epen. Uh, hello, Renu. Hi, Declan. Good to be back and excited to have another in-studio guest. Yes, we have a fantastic in-studio guest uh, uh, joining us from Melbourne, um, our friend and colleague, urology colleague, um, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Grummet, Associate Professor uh, Jeremy Grummet. Uh, Jeremy's a urologist here in Melbourne. Um, he works at the Alfred Hospital and has an academic appointment at uh, Monash uh, University. Jeremy, welcome to GUcast. Welcome. Thank you very much, Declan and Renu. Good morning. Good, well, good, good morning. morning. And thank you for joining us. And, and look, you're um, uh, going to talk to us today about MRI Pro, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, a sure. really important and, and valuable um, uh, uh, venture that you are founder and director of. But before we do that, you know, um, welcome uh, to the podcast. And uh, we again. were just chatting beforehand about podcasts. So do you, do you listen to podcasts? I Is do. I do a lot. Yeah. So if I go for a run or a walk, um, I usually have a podcast going. Um, or an audio book. That's the other thing that I've got right into, uh, particularly in COVID time. So, but uh, my favourite podcast at the moment uh, is called Making Sense by Sam Harris. Not heard know. of that one. What is it? Come on, yeah. give us a clue. What's what's Making so, Sense all about? So, um, so Sam Harris is a. F- oh, excuse me. That's all right. <coughs> Sam Harris is a philosopher and a neuroscientist, actually. Um, in America, and he's had a podcast going for a few years now, um, where he basically talks about anything so it's a very wide-ranging podcast but it's always incredibly topical so you can imagine he's had a few podcasts uh, on COVID Uh, he obviously talks a lot about American politics Politics, and uh, and all the strife that's going on uh, politically in America at the moment Um, absolutely fascinating conversations and he gets wonderful guests in um, you know people like Yuval Noah Harari for example who uh, wrote Sapiens and then Homodeus a couple of my favorite books so uh, uh-huh. usually, usually the podcasts go for about an hour. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're going for a, a bit of exercise, it's, it's about spot on time-wise. Do you listen at normal speed uh, or do uh, you speed things up? Good, <laughs> great, great question. Uh, so I go 1.6. 1.6. Um, uh, with Sam. But, but look, it depends on the podcast. I mean, some people speak fast already and yep. so you just leave it alone. Um, and some people are super slow and, and you might just occasionally crank it up to two times. But, yeah, I sit at about one and a half. Also to match the pace of your own. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're a busy guy. You don't always have an hour in the day to <laughs> have a podcast. No, <laughs> not, no, I've got to be able to understand it. I, and I've got to leave a few little gaps in there because the, the, the topic of conversation is so um, deep that you actually need a little bit of time for reflection during the conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it just goes too too fast and yeah. you can't get it. Yeah. Anyway, that's my favourite podcast. I love it. Making sense, Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah, so really recommend Sounds it. great. You don't know what you're going to get when you hit play, but it's always interesting and stimulating. It's always new. Yeah, yeah, I, very I'm, different. I'm, uh, I'm much more simple. I, I yeah, like what do you go for? I love listening to podcasts about uh, British politics. Uh-huh. It's kind of the, okay. the, the, you know, the masochist thing in me, and um, uh, especially when Brexit was, was all happening, there mm-hmm. was a great podcast called uh, Brexit Cast, uh, run by the BBC, yeah. and it was really in-depth analysis of Brexit, but they're, they're a great bunch of podcasters. It's a massive podcast now, 17 or 20. 20 million people, but they've kind of rebranded as a coronavirus newscast and so on. But I, I like uh, I like British politics. I like yeah, listening to yeah, it yeah. Uh, and so yeah. on. But 1.2 is about as fast as I can listen. I'm, I'm a slow listener, I think. Uh, I, d- I can't uh, process stuff terribly quickly. So uh, 1.2 <laughs> is as much as I do, Renu. Yeah, I, uh, I listen to something called the Daily Mail, which is sort of a mix of things, uh, sometimes some philosophical topics, but, but just a, a random mix of, of things. Um, and there are a couple of brain teaser podcasts that 
kind of help me wake up in the morning. Um, so, yeah. 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 No, it's good stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. And for people who like listening to this uh, banter about GU uh, cancers, well, that's what GUcast gives you with a little bit of uh, uh, finding out about people along the way. And t- today our theme is about uh, online education. Uh, and first, Jeremy, uh, you've kindly come in to join us in the studio to talk about MRI Pro, which we're going to focus on. And then later in the episode, uh, we're going to be joined uh, by one of our international friends, uh, Dr. Lindsay Hampson from UCSF, to talk about a really interesting uh, online education program that uh, she and her colleagues have developed uh, in the US. Uh, and Lindsay will be joining us later on. But first, MRI Pro, what, what, what is this? Tell us all about it and why, I suppose. Yeah, thanks a lot, Declan. Um, so MRI Pro is an online program, uh, as you've alluded to, which is really designed for urologists and perhaps more specifically radiologists to learn how to read prostate MRI. Um, and it's, it's got 300 uh, cases. And I think the, the whole point of it is to show that uh, against each MRI, we have these beautiful uh, pathology um, diagrams, volumetric uh, prostatectomy studies. And so the whole concept is to give learners this instant feedback on how they're reading a prostate MRI. I think one of the, one of the biggest problems that we see out in the, in the community is that radiologists are out there trying to pick up MRI sk- skills in terms of prostate, which is really nuanced and, and complex, um, and they just don't get the feedback. So, and, and, and look, you, you were part of the story of, of the genesis of all this because, um, you know, you, you remember uh, several years ago when we used to run the prostate MRI multidisciplinary meeting, mm-hmm. right? And, and, that, and that's how it all, all began because, you know, you and I got together uh, with a couple of other urologists and a radiologist who was super expert, Associate Professor Richard O'Sullivan, um, and a pathologist. Um, uh, and all together, we would go through a bunch of cases and we would have this beautiful feedback because the pathologists were providing us with um, these these pictures of whole mount radical prostatectomies showing us exactly where the lesions were and you know every time we'd have this meeting we'd, we'd one of us would comment oh we've learned something again you know there's another learning out of each meeting and yet it was a pretty small you know clinical meeting um, only a, you know a, a dozen or so people attending uh, and so I, I kind of thought well you know there's such juicy information here why and it's all visual, why don't we put this online so that we can actually teach a much bigger audience? Um, and that's and that was really the genesis of prostate MRI. And I uh, recall MRI. at that time, you know, we as urologists found it interesting because it, it was in a, an era where the paradigm had already been established that patients have an MRI prior to a biopsy, uh, which we can talk about the, the value of that, but it certainly that was very early embracement of that in, in Australia. Mm. And us urologists were used to saying, oh yeah, the MRI is right or not right, but the people who weren't used to knowing the truth were often the radiologists who were reporting all these exactly. prostate MRIs, and they don't know, as you say, they didn't know what the answer was. What did that yep. biopsy show and what did the prostatectomy show? Exactly. So they were and suddenly the meeting was attracting more and more radiologists. So, and you mentioned that they're part of the uh, the key audience for MRI Pro because they get to see the answer. So these yep. these three hundred cases that yep. you've assembled, yeah. uh, and the website is mripro.io. Correct. Yeah, yeah. mripro.io. And it's got these three hundred cases where yep. you've got a pre biopsy. Uh, almost always a pre-biopsy multiparametric MRI and yep. all the sequences are in there yep. uh, and then you, you go through the you, you can talk us through that but yeah. the, the, the really valuable bit especially for the radiologists is there's a whole mount prostatectomy specimen yeah. uh, in there as well so by the time you get to the end you'll see where you know was yeah. the MRI right were you right in your calling it, and exactly now you, you've, you've nailed it so so for, for all the positive cases you've got the the whole mount 
but but we wanted to make it as interactive as possible and and really put the pressure on the learner to actually actively engage so in other words you can't just look at an mri and then um, press a button to get the answer you have to actually put down um, during the program what you think is going on is it a, is it a positive mri what is the pyred score how many lesions are there where are the lesions um, and even some staging questions like, do you think there's extra capsular extension? So you have to actually answer those questions before you can submit. And when you do submit your answer, then, yeah, you will be presented with, uh, if it's a positive case, the whole mount uh, volumetric, so you can see exactly where the um, tumour is. If it's negative, and I think this is actually possibly just as important, if not more so, is and we've deliberately included a large proportion of negative cases uh, in the program. Is you will be that that is verified by a very thorough transperineal template biopsy, right? So and and you might ask, well, hang on, where, where did where did you why would you get a biopsy if the MRI is negative? But that was in that period of time yep. when uh, we weren't confident that a negative MRI meant a negative uh, a negative for prostate cancer, and so we were r- routinely getting these transperineal biopsies. That made for a perfect um, uh, cohort of patients that we could measure our negative MRI uh, accuracy rate on. So I think that's one of the one of the massive advantages of prostate MRI is allowing safely the majority of patients to avoid a biopsy if the MRI is negative. Now there are various caveats to that, but. Um, I think, you know, yeah, that, I mean, we can go into advantage. all that discussion as well. Mm. But the website itself, and, yep. and it, it's been up and running for a year or more now, yep, probably. Years now. Yep. I have to say to you, you know, it's, um, uh, uh, it's a very slick, lovely portal. You know, it's not a, a minor thing, is it? Putting it together, you know, 300 odd MR, multi-parametric MRIs with all the sequences, yep. plus then that final pathology, whether it's tran- uh, the biopsy or the, the prostatectomy. So, so tell us a little about it. And, yeah. and I encourage so people to go and have a look at it. It's, it's a really nice, um, uh, yeah. really, really nice user-friendly interface face thank you Declan um look we, we did put an uh, uh, to be honest we did put an enormous amount of time and effort into uh, thinking about the design and the creation of it because we we did want to make it as as user-friendly as possible but we also wanted to make it as clinically relevant as possible we didn't want to introduce any sort of esoterica it, the, the questioning that that the user um, is presented with is totally clinically fo- focused um and so uh one of the other things we you know we worked hard to get was to make sure that there was cme accreditation not just in australia and new zealand but right across europe um and with eacme accreditation they have a a cross um deal with uh us uh, and ama so you can get ama pra um category one credits for it as well per, per hour so and that takes a fair bit of work to get to get that sort of CME up. So clearly it does. And and if you just for a second, we're on a podcast, so there's no point showing uh, trying to share the screen and look at the yeah, website. Yeah. But can yeah. paint us a picture. What happens? You select a case and what's on the screen in front yep. of you. There's a bit about a patient and so on. Just yeah. paint paint the picture. Yep, yep. So um, so the the MRIs come up uh, randomly. Uh, there is there is no um, order. So you you click on the program. And in fact, what you can do um, even before signing up is you you can um, review. Uh, the, we've got five uh, example cases that you can go on. And in fact, just a, a latest feature that we added just a few weeks ago is a quiz, uh, where again uh, you can do five cases and compare yourself to you know how other es- experts around the world have actually done. So when you click on it. Uh, you'll be presented with a double image viewer of a multi-parametric parametric prostate MRI. You'll have your, your usual thumbnails that you'll see on a you know on any image viewer, and you can click on your thumbnails. And we've really particularly focused on the most important series within an MRI. So you're going to have your T2 weighted, and then 
really the two most imp- other important series are both the diffusion-weighted uh, imaging series, which is the ADC map and the high B-value images. Now, we have a range of other series as well, but as, as I'm sure you know, that's really where the money is. And we, we do include, you know, dynamic oh, contrast enhancement, enhancement as well, but... You know, uh, w- w- you know, there's there's a little bit less value potentially uh, in that, and that's certainly reflected in, in in the pirate scoring system as well. So you can scroll through at your own leisure, and that and that's one of the beauty of beauties. And we can talk more about online learning. You know, you can do it at your own pace, in your own space. You can log on and off. You resume basically where you left off. You know, if you uh, if you have to go and leave leave your own session. Um, and then you answer these questions. So you're presented with these series of, of questions. They're the same uh, pro forma every time uh, for each case. And then uh, you have to then pick where on the prostate you think a lesion is if it's positive um, and therefore where you would most likely do a biopsy. So again, very clinically oriented. Uh, and then you submit. Uh, and as I said before, you'll be presented with the answer at that time, including where you went wrong, where you went right in each of those components of the questions. And the other um, uh, feature of the program is that you know, because it's a large volume, you've got 300 cases, you kind of want to know um, how you're tracking as you go through. So we have the, the My Progress Tracker, um, which is really breaks down in, in some detail um, how many cases you're getting right. Um, it it's, it's sort of uh, tracks you as you go through, so it'll tell you how many you got right overall, but also in the last 20, in the last 50, how did that compare to your first 50? So we've, we've really tried to focus on the educational uh, component to it to show that that users are actually you know, progressing as, uh, and improving as they go through. And so we think also from a quality assurance point of view that that's really important. So we deliberately designed it so you can't change your answers. Like once you've submitted your answer, that's it. You either got it right or wrong. Um, and, and we're pretty confident about the right or wrong, even though there's all, often a lot of um, controversy about uh, uh, and, and a lot of inter-observer variation but because we've got histological verification for every single case, we figure that that's, you know, um, a, a very good backup to that. And, and it's another strength is that all the AMRs are from a single very high volume centre and all the pathology is from the same specialist uh, GU pathologist. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, from yep. Dr. Andrew Reininko. That's right. I, I mean, and I, I, th- I think the website's great. And one of the things that you do really well is present the pathology in a way that's easy to understand. Because yeah. um, as surgeons, we're used to looking at pathology reports all the time. Yes. But for radiologists who go on and, and, and see these pathology diagrams and, and, and um, pictures... It's not that easy. Oh. And I think that's what the platform does so well. And, and, and you know, that's thanks to TissuePath beca- and Andrew yeah. Ryan in particular, who's been a, a t- wonderful participant in this whole process, um, for, for going out of their way to, prevent, p- to present this, uh, this information so beautifully. You know, as, as you say, we, we give the verbal report for the pathology so we know um, exactly uh, where the cancer is and what the, you know, the grading and, and, and the staging of it locally and so forth. But to get the, the volumetric study as well as that verbal report, I think, is uh, j- just adds so much more information, but particularly for providing that radiology feedback on yeah. whether the MRI was correct um, or not. And it really just closes the gap, doesn't it? I mean, it closes the circle of knowledge um, going from being able to read uh, the MRI um, and then getting that instant histological feedback. Um, exactly, and, and it's so different to normal clinical practice. You know, yeah. and Declan was alluding to this before, is that, you know, radiologists out there, that they, if they're lucky, they might get copied in on the pathology report, so at least that they can see whether uh, the biopsy was correct or not, um, or, or indeed the prostatectomy report. Um, but most of the time, uh, my information is they'll get nothing, they'll get no feedback whatsoever, 
And not only that, you can imagine over time that they're learning the uh, increase in uh, skill and accuracy of reporting prostate MRI. It's going to take ages. It's going to take like months and months and months. And they're essentially practicing on prospective real live patients. So here we've got a retrospective cohort. Um, All of their um, diagnosis and management has already occurred. Why not learn from them? And do Absolutely. it instantly, you know, uh, as you say, with immediate feedback. So, so yeah. look, that's the, that's the whole rationale. I think um, uh, we, we approached throughout this whole process Movember um, and they were very supportive of the whole idea because, you know, our whole mission was basically to raise the standard of prostate MRI reporting across the world and, and being an online program, um, it, it's quite capable of doing that. And we're, and we're seeing that really now, um, you know, over the last couple of years we're starting to get an uptick of, of subscribers to the actual program. But... But not only that, I think there's a greater awareness um, of the program itself because we've now just started in the last few months to run a regular... We've basically, you know, the, the, the old um, MRI multidisciplinary team meeting that, that you and I had, Declan, we've really yeah. taken that online. Um, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to have some international guests already. Uh, yeah. uh, last I, time. I took part in your last webinar, which, is, which is fantastic. So tell us a little bit about that. Who's on your panel and, and how do you run so, that? So... We, we, we uh, basically, for our core panel, we have our, our regular contributors, um, again, Richard O'Sullivan, the radiologist, Andrew Ryan, pathologist, myself, um, Morgan Picorni uh, from New Zealand. Um, uh, he and I were, in fact, uh, one of the reasons Morgan uh, has, has become involved is because he and I were actually due to run the prostate MRI workshop at uh, this year's USANS, which, of course, got cancelled at the very last minute, unfortunately. Okay. It was just when COVID was hitting. And uh, I was about to fly up to Sydney, you know, the following day and it got cancelled. So we had a whole, you know, three-hour program ready to go um, and um, that was obviously very disappointing but uh, that's the way it went. Um, But because we had done a whole lot of work together to get that organised and because he's from New Zealand, so, you know, lovely to include the, you know, the New Zealand uh, urology community as well. Um, So he's been a regular contributor as well. So... That's the core group. And then, you know, we've had uh, guests on such as John Yaxley um, from Brisbane. Uh, and then the last session that we had, we were very lucky to get Evo Schutz um, and Henk van der Poel from the Netherlands. Yep. Um, I know both of them um, from the uh, EAU Prostate Cancer Guidelines panel and uh, they're fantastic guys but also super expert in their field. Um, so it was a real pleasure to just to have their input. And, and, and I suppose a little bit like this podcast, you know, we try and make each webinar as conversational and as real life as possible. You know, we're not trying to overproduce it and create something that's a little bit uh, not real life. We want it very much, what would you do with this patient, you know, if you saw them today? How would you read this MRI? And... um, Uh, so that's what we love about it, and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And the webinars uh, are run on Zoom, and they're for free. And yeah, you absolutely. have listeners from all over the world, I can see, and um, and you store the MRI, the Zoom recordings on the mripro.io website. And exactly. Uh, I had a, I missed the last one, but I watched it live again. And just to give some people an idea, it, you know, it's an hour-long webinar, fantastic cases, but in the first 10 minutes, you get uh, uh, Professor O'Sullivan, our expert MR radiologist, to just talk through his workflow for reading an MRI. And look, for people out there, especially urologists, 
radiologists who uh, are trying to get used to this idea of uh, MRI and how to target your biopsy, listening in to hear Richard to do his workflow, here's the high B value imaging, here's this, here's that, uh, is very, very important. So you can find that on your website. Um, and just for those who might want to engage and get onto MRI Pro and, and get with the program, um, uh, obviously it's, it's been a labor of love uh, for you and your team who've developed yeah. it with some support from Movember and yep. others. Mm-hmm. Um, you get five free cases for free. And then yep. if you want to get involved in the program, it's an annual subscription, is it? Or yeah, um, that's right. It's an annual subscription. So basically yep. um, y- you can access the full 300 cases um, uh, or uh, it, it cuts out after 12 months. Yep. Um, but one of the other exciting things that we're doing now is releasing a uh, pared down version as well. Yep. Um, so we're expecting that to be out in the next week or two. Um, that's going to be called MRI Pro Sprint. Yep. Um, and there'll be 30 cases, again, everyone matched to uh, very thorough pathology. Um, so you can get that instant feedback. Fantastic. And uh, what sort of fees are they? How much is a subscription? Yep. So a subscription is uh, 1,210 US dollars um, yep. for the 12 months or the 300 cases. And we've found, I certainly hear from international colleagues, that because you have all that uh, CME and, and approval yep. for it, that you can often get support from from uh, your local CME fund or indeed from local pharmaceutical industry. Because yep. everyone knows, of course, this MRI paradigm is emerging in many other countries and this is an unmet need, this knowledge gap. So uh, so others are often out there ready to support uh, people to get involved and engage in the programme. Yeah. And there's no travel for conferences at the moment, so it's a good way <laughs> to spend yes. the CME funds. Isn't yeah, it? that's exactly right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, there's institutions and organisations out there, what we're finding is that they'll they'll pay um, for uh, often you know they'll they'll fork out the the, the subscriptions yeah. required for their um, for their radiologists, which is fantastic. 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 So, so Jeremy's going to stay on, and um, mripro.io uh, is where you should go to learn about that. And uh, your Twitter handle is even mripro Twitter handle as yeah, well. Mr. It's at mrr. Sorry, at mripro one. Fantastic, and we'll tag that uh, when we tweet out this uh, podcast. Um, so please follow Jeremy and um, and MRI Pro, and and uh, whether you want to join the whole subscription or have a test one or look at the free Zoom webinars, because they've really come out of the uh, the COVID crisis, which is uh, the segue to our next um, uh, guest, I think, Renu. Yes, in the spirit of this podcast on online education, it's it's really wonderful to introduce our. Um, our international guest for today, um, it's Dr. Lindsay Hampson from uh, UCSF, University of California in San Francisco, who specialises in GU reconstruction and trauma. Um, she's got a background in medical ethics and in health policy and uh, is, uh, is one of the directors of the UCSF transitional programs um, over there. Uh, and also she's a, a program director for the residency program. Um, and she's got lots of experience in mentorship. She's won a few awards for her mentorship of medical students and urology residents. And uh, in during this COVID time, she, uh, along with her group, has developed a um, urology collaborative online virtual didactics lecture program, or affectionately known as COVID. Welcome, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Declan and Renu. It's really a pleasure. Uh, so, and uh, I can tell you're in your scrub, so you've just finished a, a day in the operating room? Yeah, just finished a day in the operating room. Luckily, it worked out well. I was a little nervous at the end. We were doing a retrograde urethrogram that was going long. <laughs> I have new interns that I'm working with, so, you know, people are still learning the ropes, but <laughs> we got it done in time. And while we have you, Lindsay, of course, Renu uh, did her fellowship at UCSF, so you can she tell is. us now, you know, what, what was she really like and so on. <laughs> yeah, we loved Renu. We loved her. It's, it's, uh, it's always awesome to be able to have people that train at UCSF and then 
go off and, um, you know, populate other places and, and bring us connections to other institutions. So that's one of the really neat things, I think, about being at a place like UCSF is that we then get all these connections no to other places. No scandal, Jeremy. Ah, she'll tell you the real story yeah, offline. <laughs> So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. And one of the things that I, I do know from my fellowship is the residency program is so strong and you really wanted to continue that uh, sort of education of residents during the COVID times um, when physical meeting was, was restricted. And that's, that's what really led to the development of this lecture series. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, we had, it was, as everyone experienced, it was really from all of a sudden from one day to the next, we had just a complete stop of, you know, meeting in person, you know, resident didactics that we usually have in person with, you know, our, our 20 residents and a faculty lecture. All of a sudden, grand rounds, all of these educational activities that we had really, we couldn't do anymore in person. And and not only that, but our clinical activity, of course, was slowing down as well. We were trying to figure out how to transition to, you know, televideo visits. The operating rooms were shut down. We were only doing emergency cases. And so the residents were really feeling a lack of educational activities to participate in. And it's really to the credit of the residents because they were the ones who brought this idea to me in the first place. Um, they said, you know, we want more. We want to learn. Here's a time where we're not busy with clinical activities. So how can we... Um, continue our education and it was really a fast turnaround um, about a week from when they sent me the email we already had our urology COVID series put together we had a beautiful website designed by our um, program staff and fortunately the kind of outpouring of support of faculty in the urologic community was really incredible um, I started by reaching out to a few program directors I knew at different institutions across the country everyone was feeling a need for the same thing. Everyone said, you know, their residents were hurting for educational activities and they wanted to be a part of it. And we basically just, you know, had people send out a sign up to their, to their faculty members at their institutions saying, Hey, do you have a lecture that, you know, you've already had put together that you could give? And it was incredible. The response we had, I mean, it was overwhelming. Honestly, we, we didn't have enough spots for all the people who wanted to give lectures. And, um, it was really neat to be able to capitalize on this, um, you know, getting people who are really well known across the country that were giving lectures, um, you know, to support the education, not only of our own residents, but actually of residents across the country and, and across the world. Yeah. And it's amazing how much you can do uh, with these virtual platforms. In fact, you, in fact, you probably have more access to more people uh, speaking about their, their areas of expertise and more people able to partake in it. Yeah, I mean, I think the nice thing is both for people giving lectures and those who wanted to listen because the, you know, the webinar or Zoom you know, capability really allows you to get people um, to give the lectures who might otherwise not have been able to travel to you to give them. And they can be, you know, they, yeah. they all gave their disclosures. I'm, I'm in sitting at home with my kids in the background. So, yeah. you know, pardon the interruption. Um, but it also meant that for learners, they could be anywhere. Um, you know, I had when I gave my talk, which was within the first two weeks of launching, um, I did a word cloud and I just asked people in real time to say, you know, where are you tuning in from? And we had people from Tehran, Sri Lanka, Saudi Arabia, oh, wow. Ukraine, Apollo. I mean, it was really incredible. Um, and what's more is we've made these, 
all, we kind of record all of these and we make them available online afterwards. So even if people aren't able to join in real time because of a time dis difference, they can watch these videos afterwards. And what's honestly been most amazing to me is to look at the number of times these videos have been viewed afterwards. You know, I just went before today to look and see, you know, the first week of our lectures, how many times have those videos been viewed? And it's like, 1500 times wow. that these videos have been viewed. So there's a huge reach. And, and I think one of the neat things about that is when you think about educational opportunities, um, you know, we're in silos and each institution is kind of making their own didactics program and resident education or even medical student education. And um, this really allowed us to take down those barriers and it allowed us to really have a much broader reach and think about how can we envision kind of more equitable access to educational opportunities, whether it's for med students or residents or advanced practice providers. We even have, you know, community practicing urologists that tune in. Um, and as a result, we've tried to make the, the talks really focus on kind of guidelines-based um, lectures so that we feel like we're really giving up-to-date information. And I think that's been a reason that it's been so successful. Lindsay, it's Jeremy here again. Um, I couldn't agree more with you um, in terms of, you know, what online education can actually do to democratise knowledge. Um, and we, we've had a similar experience with MRI Pro in terms of, uh, you know, the last webinar that we ran, for example, you know, we had more than 400 registrations from across, you know, more than 30 countries. So I, I share that sort of excitement that, that you that you have there in terms of, you know, broadening the knowledge right across the world without, you know, just breaking down those barriers and those silos. It's fantastic. Do you think you guys are a threat to the traditional paradigm of teaching? Who, you know, who from Sri Lanka is going to pay to go to the AUA and do the yeah. courses and stuff like that? You know, when they can get you know, big experts uh, doing these free Zoom webinars. You know, I like that. This is like the disruptive education. You know, the, the old paradigm is being challenged, just as it has been in many aspects of society. That 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 you know, you you have to go and get a regular cab. No, no, you can just get an Uber. You know, blah 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 blah. These, this, I think uh, you're all you you're both examples of quite disruptive uh, technologies, really. What do you think about that, Lindsay? It is it is pretty disruptive, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Declan, I, I think you, you're right. And, you know, I've had, I, I love seeing the comments, you know, we try to get people to do evaluations after they watch the lectures or participate. And I love looking at the free text comments of what people say. And I've seen quite a few people say, you know, I'm not paying for the review course this year for the boards. I'm just <laughs> watching these lectures, you know, because they're getting this great information from real experts in the field. So you're right. I mean, you know, I think that we are providing um, access to educational opportunities that otherwise you you know, especially in the kind of AUA context, you you know, you pay for access to these series. And a lot of people have asked if we're going to continue to make our lectures available, you know, online for free. And, and we're, you know, for me, I'm committed to education. And I think, you know, our goal has always been to be collaborative. That's why we started it in this way in the first place is to really make it a collaborative experience. And, and I do think it's important to, yeah, you know, be a little disruptive and and hopefully improve education and kind of advance the way we think about education as a result. 
world domination in the future. There'll just be one place for urology residents to go and uh, learn. It'll be urology COVID. But it, it's, I suppose in, in life, you always kind of look for that free option on the internet, you know, or you can download yeah. this for $50. Oh, but here's a free thing or blah, blah, blah. And it, it's kind of this uh, spiraling downward. Everyone sort of semi expects to get everything for free or almost for free. And the internet gives you great access to, you know, sc- scoping out stuff. And But medical education is, it, is um, uh, it's, it's the same, but it's different, isn't it? It's the same principle that people want to get access to that free journal online or whatever it's going to be but at the same time this is high value activity that it co- it's usually very expensive for example to put together a big website with hundreds and hundreds of cases so there and we're also you know we do attach value to that and therefore there should be some some uh, some uh, remuneration or so at least cost recovery for it so maybe there's a happy medium but uh, i think just as we've seen with other disruptive technologies in life you know providing if people are prepared as as, as uh, you have with your webinars both of you the uh, very very high value free education through zoom click here i mean i think everyone benefits but probably the ones who benefit most are those who find it challenging to get access to this routinely Um, and and jeremy you talked about that earlier and and um uh, and i think i saw it in in the last webinar you talked about the fact that people were dialing in from really all over the place all over the place yeah we had we had for some reason we had a, a very high proportion of people dialing in from sri lanka and south africa now whether that was a time zone thing because they're obviously similar and it might have just been a good time of day. We were running it in the evening in Melbourne time, so it would have been sort of early afternoon um, uh, for, for, for them. So, um, yeah, just, just having that, uh, that global input has been intriguing. Uh, when we first, you know, started doing these webinars, I thought, well, this is, you know, probably going to be targeted mainly to Australian and New Zealand audience, but I've been really pleasantly surprised with, with the uptake that we've had around the world. Yeah. Um, so uh, having said that, I think the US... Uh, Australia time zone difference is a is a challenging one <laughs> and so just on that we're actually our next webinar we're planning to run uh, with uh, Brian Chapin uh, from MD Anderson Cancer yeah. Centre in Houston yeah. uh, that's coming up next month and uh, more details will come out about that later on but but trying to figure out a time zone to run a webinar live uh, from you know central eastern time is uh, is challenging anyway. Yeah. And that's one of the great things, uh, Lindsay, is because I've, I've checked out the website uh, many times now and it's amazing. You can go to the, the series of lectures, you provide the PowerPoints that, that are available to download, you've got the video of the of the actual lecture itself and then you've obviously got the evaluation to, to give you guys some feedback. I mean, it's it's really a wealth of, of resources. Yeah, it is. And, and I have to really credit the people who are giving those lectures, you know, to be able to make their slides available online to allow us to post their lecture content. It's really incredible. And, and again, I think it kind of shows the outpouring of support within the urologic community for trying to provide education in a time when, um, you know, it was really hard for each institution to create these educational opportunities on their own. And, you know, we're, um, we just finished last week our last kind of daily um, lecture series, and we're taking a little break. Um, and in August, we're planning to come back with a once a week um, session moving forward, because we've heard so much positive feedback and so many people that want to continue to get this kind of educational content. So, uh, you know, you mentioned the time zone difference, and, and we had a lot of debate about, well, what time should we have it, you know, because there's no time that's good for everyone, but I think by making our videos available online afterwards, it does make it pretty accessible to people. The nice thing about tuning in live, I think, is that, um, you know, there's an opportunity to ask questions, mm-hmm. and that's really meaningful, and, and we try to, we tell the lecturers that we want them to save 15 minutes at the end to go through questions, because a lot of the really, 
the nuances and the discussion is really interesting based on the questions and not just hearing the lecture. Um, and so I like the fact that there is live participation. I think it really adds to the educational opportunity. And, you know, obviously if you watch later on video, you, you can't participate, but you can still hear the, you know, back and forth of the Q&A, which has been really, really interesting. Yeah. And how does practically, how does that work in each, each live lecture? Do, do people put up their hand and ask a question or do they type in their questions? Um, uh, yeah, to which we, the, we have it set up as a webinar. So there's a Q&A box and you can basically ask any question in the Q&A. Um, we tend to try to get a moderator, um, which I think is helpful for just kind of filtering through the questions as they come in. That way, by the time the lecturer finishes giving the talk, the moderator can kind of clump the questions, you know, that go together and and uh, make sure they're hitting the ones that a lot of people are asking or interested in. And, and that's actually worked out really well. And usually those moderators are trainees, you know, residents or fellows. And I think it gives them also an opportunity to just be, you know, in this sphere to get their name known a little bit, you know, to, to be usually, you know, a faculty member will pick somebody who wants to go into their field or, you know, is interested in what they're talking about. And so I think that's been a great opportunity. I know our residents have moderated a lot and they've gotten a lot out of it too. I, I love that aspect of the Q&A as well, Lindsay, because, um, you know, it means by definition that you're, you're getting a more uh, audience-focused uh, teaching. Um, it's not just, you know, so often we, we might give a lecture or a tutorial and, and think to the audience, well, this is what you need to know about guys, but actually you want to make it sort of uh, really uh, user friendly then you find out what is it, what are the questions that they're asking what do they want to know about and you get that in you know in real time it's uh, I agree with you I think it's a fantastic uh, feature yeah and I'll say from you know the faculty members we give them the whole list of questions afterwards because in case they can't get to all of them they can answer them and post the answers afterwards I get the feedback from them that they're amazed at what insightful questions get asked. You know, just they're really impressed with the people who are listening to the lectures and actually thinking through difficult issues. And they've been, um, we've just had great response from people who are going through those questions later and thinking, wow, we really, you know, have people who are thirsty for knowledge. And it's been, uh, I think, rewarding for them to, to answer those questions afterwards. And uh, once we get to the other side of this pandemic, this is something you'll keep going? Yeah, so that's right now we're kind of on our break where we're figuring out how to continue this forward. But yeah, we're committed to continuing. We're going to, our goal is to start back up in August once a week. It's going to be Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I have no idea what time that would be in, <laughs> in New Zealand. But um, but yeah, we're going to try to continue with once a week. And um, we have some great people that are already uh, chomping at the bit to get signed up for lectures. There's lots of people that we, you know, had, um, like I said, just a huge outpouring of response that um, are interested. And in. we're trying to think about how to structure it. You know, I think the residents have have told us that they really like getting um, lectures that are kind of grouped together in, in topics. And so we're looking towards using a block system where, you know, all the prostate cancer related lectures are given, you know, kind of back to back. And, and then we change our focus to, you know, pediatrics for, a, you know, next month is pediatrics. And hopefully that way it'll, um, you know, also keep people engaged and, and focused in their learning, you know, their self-study learning as well. Fantastic. Well, we're nearly coming up to our uh, wrapping up time. But Lindsay, thank you so much for for not just joining us, but also to you and your team for your commitment to, to education and, and mentorship of, of urology trainees and, 
and the urology community around the world. Um, so to all our listeners out there, it's um, you can please uh, you can check it out at urologycovid.ucsf.edu or hashtag urologycovid. Um, so great resource for uh, for everyone to check out. Indeed, and follow Lindsay at Lindsay A. Hampson. I think that's your Twitter handle, uh, Lindsay. And um, thank you again for joining us. And thank you especially also to uh, Jeremy Grummet for coming into studio today uh, to talk about MRI Pro. And you can follow Jeremy uh, on Twitter at uh, jgrummet. Uh, and MRI Pro is at MRI Pro uh, 1. Uh, and please have a look at the MRI Pro.io uh, uh, website for, uh, to get, get access to the cases or to have a look at the webinars. And that's uh, all we have uh, time for today on GUCast. It's been a very interesting renew i think talking about the new paradigm disruptive educators jeremy grummet and uh, lindsay hampson you think absolutely uh, no shortage of education during COVID times fantastic and that's all we have for today uh, please come back and join us again soon or subscribe and like us you can find gu cast on all the usual uh, podcast platforms or if you want to get involved uh, if you want to come on the show yourselves or get us to talk about something uh, please track us down uh, through all the usual channels uh, that's all for today bye-bye